talk to y'all for a minute. Hey, you are listening to the elephant in the room with your host uh, Ed from the Double E Podcast. Uh, it's been a while since we've um, been doing the elephant in the room, but it's 2016 and we are back. Um, we still. Uh, have the elephant in the room being with our featured guest, Brother Howard. Brother Howard, are you with us? Yep, with you, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, now, we've talked about violence in the black community. We've talked about economics. Uh, today, you wanted to touch up on religion. Is that correct? Right, right. Um, just wanted to talk a, a little bit about that. That's one of those elephant-in-the-room subjects that sort of fit into some of the things that we talked about in some of the earlier shows, globalization. We talked about music, black-on-black crime, et cetera, as it relates to uh, community and human species in general and what's going on in the world and how we look at things and uh, the new dynamic of thought that sweeping the communities and particular time doing research on things and finding the origin of things and looking at things in a new light to uh, find a, a more vivid perspective on things. So that's what the elephant in the room is about. And, and the other day show religion, we're going to talk about some of those things. All right. Uh, I don't even know actually where to begin. Um <laughs> Well, what, what, what's begin at the beginning? Okay. <laughs> what's, what's begin at the beginning? And let's do some basic fundamentals on, on, on some of the things, because this subject matter always comes up where we're, we're doing a class group think tank. This is a, a pervasive subject matter that always comes up in any kind of social program. If someone's going to mention this particular subject, it's going to come up in some shape, form, or fashion. So what, I, what we usually do in class is we like to go back and talk about it before religion. In other words, religion at some point had to have a beginning. Now I'm, I'm, I'll speak about that beginning and the state of, of mind that really put us in the framework to where we call religion, religion now. Look at two things. We're, we're going to look at duality, Ed. Duality. Okay. The, the reference point that I'm making is the relationship between the light and dark. And the first thing that the human species uh, seen at its primordial state in the beginning of time, how important was it for the human species and, and the survival of the species was dependent upon one thing and one thing only. What was that one thing in your mind? Just go way back. What was uh, the most important thing in the world? Uh, food. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say food, shelter. Okay. Reproduction. Food, shelter. Uh-huh. What if I told you the sun? Okay. Yeah. Why the sun? Well, right, because those things that you mentioned, there would be none of those things without the sun, correct? Correct. The sun, I'm going back to the beginning. 
So if we start at the beginning, the relationship between the human species and the sun is the relationship that we must understand and the relationship between the sun and light and sun's adversary. The opposite of light would be what, Ed? Dark. Now we're talking duality, Ed. Religion in and of itself started with the relationship between light and dark. So the sun became the primordial aspect of what we call religion today. Or other words, astrology or astral mythology or astral theology all began with the sun. I'm going to basic primary process. We're doing 101 here, which they don't teach in the church, unfortunately, because they can't afford to. But nonetheless, the relationship between the sun and our survival was paramount. So the sun offered the human mind comfort. We were able to see, we were able to function better in the sun. In the darkness, what was happening, Ed, now we have the aspect of fear, the aspect of the enemy of light, the aspect of us being eaten, the aspect of us being carried away, the aspect of us being destroyed, the aspect of things going bump in the night, the aspect of horror, the aspect of fear, all those things related to the dark and all those things related to light are part of our conscious and subconscious mind that primordial time as it relates to religion so religion as you see today comes from the relationship between light and dark so the sun in and of itself became the symbol of what we call Christianity or the world religions today so we're now we're looking at a solar cult process developed from astro mythology now it becomes codified in culture but we don't know the origin of it and we take it as a literal story and we don't understand the symbols and signs of these things and they're not taught to us so we can understand how we extract what they are trying to say in ancient culture about love hate and all those things related to duality we've got caught up in religion and we must go back farther than this so we can see how religion came into play chronologically in terms of time so our understanding of duality and the aspect of the sun takes us back millennia before that time so we can see the beginning aspects of how we had to think so the light gave us the ability to look at the seed now look at agriculture as the precursor to culture and agricultural cultures started to develop in Africa and the, and, and the culture that had the dark in their day most of the day had to deal with a different kind of aspect hunter-gatherer cultures came into play so the, the, the system of survival was different in different areas depending on how the sun reflected itself in those areas. Time was ascertained by the sun. The calendar itself was dated by the sun. We have a solar calendar, etc. So yeah. we have 365 days in the year. You see, Ed, it was that which 
takes us back to the primordial aspects of it that now we can look at religion, get all the bullshit out the way, and see the fundamentals of it and how we came to this particular point. You know, any questions? So then the sun is, is are you saying that that's where religion actually that that's the first thing that was worshipped? Yes, yes. The the term worship is 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 a, is a very difficult word. I would say adorned, adorned with all. In other words, if the sun was primary for the survival of the, the species, the sun became everything. So the sun became every story. The sun became the story of Jesus. That's why they call Jesus the sun. That's why they call all messiahs and solar cults the sun. Not just Jesus said, we can go down a rapid list of solar deities that lived before Jesus, long before Jesus, that were also called the sun, that have similar stories of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus because it's really the resurrection of the sun. They're simply saying the sun rose and it was at the high point at noon and then in the evening the sun would die and then it would come up again and give us life. So that story is astro-mythology and it's translated itself into a literal terms over the millennia, over the centuries. That simple story, that simple understanding of the sun, light and dark, is the fundamental aspect that we must understand before we move forward to all the particulars on these so-called religious systems that we've seen over the last 10, 15 centuries or so. Okay, so then to the people who... Uh, go strictly by the Bible, Yes. what would you say to them? Well, I, I would say to them to do much research and broaden their base. It's good that they read the Bible, but one thing they must understand with the little book, which is the Bible, as they say, the little book, they must understand the history of the Bible as it relates to their particular denomination. In other words, what is the history? Because we're talking about translations and transliterations of the ancient text, which was originally codified in Aramaic Hebrew. And now we see translations throughout the centuries and many different ways from the Greek texts and so forth and so on, you know, to the Great Bible, you know, to the Bishop's Bible in England, to the revised King James Version that most African Americans have on their tables today. So we must do the history of these things so we can understand the process of the language used so we can translate the language in its true form so we can understand what they're trying to say because see what we know of the creation story and all these things really come from the, the earlier cuneiform texts and we won't even get into that on this particular episode of the elephant in the room because that we don't have time now and that would take us into a, a different aspect of it that, that we may not be uh, engaged, uh, uh, may not uh, be ready to engage in right now. So, so then, yeah, go ahead, so, so early man worshipped the sun. Yes, yes, yes. 
Uh, like I said, the, word, the term worship is, is, is a strange word. Well, a lot of the ceremonies, a lot of the ceremonies and symbols and rituals you see around the world are, 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 are astral uh, symbols that come from the sun, the moon, and, 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 and the stars. See, if we understand some of the scholars' work in the past, that we understand the early stellar cults and then the lunar cults and ultimately the solar cults. These are cult systems. And these systems take us, take us to many, many years, and the symbols of these systems that we see today, because we see composites of each system, and we see the symbols of the moon, the stars, the sun, and we see the mathematical processes that are developed around them as well. We see the early process of form coming into play. So we're looking at early philosophies and the derivatives of these philosophies that become religion. Notice I use the word derivative of the early philosophies because that's what we get now, the common sense derivatives of them because we don't really abide by these philosophies in terms of the masses of us because religion was really created to take the masses out of themselves. In other words, so they can move any way the power elite wants them to move. So, so in a sense, Religion is a de facto brainwashing mechanism that's very powerful. I hate to say that, but I must tell the truth, Ed, because what it does, if we look at it historically, is it creates war internally, and it also creates war externally. Because the answer for the so-called concept of God was so mm, distorted, so to speak, that the human species has problems with their spirituality and their spiritual evolution as it relates to religion. So they covet those religions as if that is it. And if that's just a piece of the mirror, so that piece of the mirror they hold, they hold it sacred to themselves and they do little research. So they have blind faith and they don't put these pieces together in in a whole so if we can look at the origin of these things, now we can put together the pieces of these things in the totality of them, combine these composite pieces together, and we start to see the cultural elements, the political elements, and the elements of total distortion, illiteracy, falsification, insidiousness, whatever we want to see as we look at history and how religion has manipulated us, you know, some for the good, some for the bad in some ways, but understand how it related to power in the community and how it relates to lack of power in certain communities. And to give you an example of that is, for instance, as we were being colonized in the 14th and 17th century, I'll give you an example in West Africa, the Yoruba religion, Arkan, any of these traditional religions in that particular region, as the Europeans came down, British, French, whoever they may be in that religion, in that region, they brought their religion to these areas. This was this was paramount because they had to erase the original traditional religion and replace it with their religion. You see what I'm saying? So now your God was Ola de Mare, now it becomes Jesus as the Europeans introduce their version of Christianity 
in the 14th century into Africa during the colonization process. So we as a people have to really do a chronological history, a political history, a social history, a cultural history as it relates to religion. Because see, we have blind faith and blind faith cannot manifest itself in brick and mortar and soul in the community. It can't do it. We can't build with blind faith. It separates us because we don't understand the origin. That's why I always tell the students and the teachers in the room, whoever they may be when we're doing workshops, this subject matter here, folks, you must go back deep into time and do your research so you can at least get a template of what they're trying to say and what it has done to people over the centuries in the name of, in the name of, and who's behind it and how it works itself into the culture. This is a powerful thing when we talk about religion. Now, and and I I don't know if I'm jumping off subject or or not, but did at any point was astrology a religion? Of course. Okay. In the beginning of our conversation, I simply was speaking about astrology. Right. Right. Simply was simply was simply movement was simply movement of the planet of the bodies planetary bodies in relationship to the earth to relationship to yourself because ultimately when you look at religion you have to understand the early zodiac and the process of the zodiac and how that worked the symbolism behind it example of that being the picture of the last supper with jesus being the sun in the middle and then you see the disciples of 12 and three sets of three these sets of three represent the three seasons winter spring summer fall those are the three that represent the, or the 12 that represent the zodiac with Jesus being in the center. You see? That's astral mythology. See? Okay. Look, uh, look at the picture next time you get the opportunity and you see why messiahs often travel with 12 disciples. They travel with 12 disciples because they're 12 ages in the zodiac head. So the sun being the central point. So the Messiah itself becomes the sun. So we have Horus or Haru. The term hero comes from Horus. Now we're dealing with Egyptian or Kemetic processes. So the light is the hero or Haru. Okay. Hero, you know, which is Horus. Horus of the horizon, you know. Horus of the horizon or the sun horizon. So all these solar processes come in. So if we studied in earnest, we are, we're able to look at these things and what it does, what it does is we're able to eliminate and look at certain things and prejudices and racist processes in the community a little differently now because a lot of it, they're based on theological processes, feminism, all those things, patriarchal, matriarchal process, whether the world is dominated by men, women, or whether it has a balance is based on our understanding of theology and religion. It's based on that. See what I'm saying? Yes. And the sun being a monotheistic religion, being very male-driven and powerful process. You know, I was the stellar cults and the lunar cult being the feminine cult, the moon goddess, etc. All these things 
had has something to do with who the human species happen to be on the planet at that particular time. But if we look at the origin of it and we break down it in its primary state, we're able to look at it and the fundamentals of it, and and that will take away a lot of discriminatory processes. So we can let's look at the basic math of it, and then we can see where we're at now. Each religion, see, they all draw from the same central point. To me, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are the same. I know that sounds strange, Ed, but with the, the difference being each has been coveted and, and embraced by a particular culture. Each has been embraced by a particular culture. Each has used each of these particular uh, 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 systems to galvanize that culture. See, in a sense, Christianity has galvanized the European culture. You see, Islam has galvanized a particular culture, and of course, Judaism has done what is done. See, this is not a bad thing or good thing. I'm just simply saying it is part of the glue and the the fibers that bring people together in good ways and bad ways. It sets the ideological processes in the community and so forth and so on. It always has been. But see, as we start to study these things at a deeper level, we'll start to understand the philosophies that are behind these things. Like you said, astrology, oh, indeed, yes. You know, of course we will. But we'll see the early philosophies, that pre- the precursors to religion that that the priest knew, that the high order know, that those who rule the world know, where they draw their philosophies from. These hermetic p- principles that go back to ancient Egypt and beyond that they call upon and these energies create the world in which we live today where they teach false doctrines at this level for the masses, for children. And we conduct ourselves around the world as we're children and we die for no reason at all. We call it nationalism and other political terms. But really, it's a setup, Ed, and it's been a setup for centuries. So people die in the name of, and they have no idea they have no idea what this is. They have no idea these sacrificial lambs to this thing. You know, they have to, we have to be able to look at it more vividly now. We have the science, and we're able to see through these things, cut through the false romanticism of them, and see them for what they are. Because if something doesn't work over and over again, that means there's something wrong with it. And God damn it, it has never worked. That means something must be wrong. Simple thing, but very difficult to convey. Okay, so then... In in your... In, 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 is, there, is there a higher being? Certainly is. Okay. Certainly is. And now yeah. this... But but we don't have a name for it. Or check this out. What if what if I what if what, what if we what if we look at this? We're back to the, the fundamentals. What if we say the ancient and our ancestors call it the all? A L L Ed. The all. And 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 and, and, and is, there, is there anything else I can say after that? No. 
was exactly. That's how powerful this was. But see, there wasn't there there, there wasn't this anxiety to find out the, the dimensions of the all and, and, and the process of the all per se, because it all took place. Dig it. So this this became later in culture when when uh, the human species started to look into this thing sideways, outside of the self. So, for instance, you said, is there a higher self or is there a higher, of course, what if I say that higher self is inside each individual on the planet? What if I say to you that higher self was always there and it's up to each individual to reach that higher self within themselves and that is the process in which we become conscious of what you say is the deity. See, when we talk about deities and God, that's where we get off track and we have to start doing our homework on it. Because I said earlier, if astrology and Jesus was the light, the sun, and so forth, the question now remains, did Jesus exist in mythology or did he exist in history? Or indeed, both. Huh. Wow. Ain't that deep? Yeah. What if I told you the mythological story is much more potent than the historical story? Because we have no historical evidence, per se. Yes, this is how deep these stories are, Ed. Hmm. So I can move from one Messiah to another. I can go to Buddha. I can go to Krishna. I can go from one Messiah to another. And if I read the story again, as I said earlier in the broadcast, I would be reading the same story of the death, resurrection, and, and many times the so-called crucifixion of the particular deity, of the death of the son, so to speak. So we have to ask ourselves many questions, and that's why it's important for us to come in with clear minds so we can cut through the muck, because we've been deceived as a species. We've been deceived across the board, not just African Americans. A cursory study of religion to some moderate point will take you to a point where you cannot explain the contradictions anymore because they come too rapidly. Because they're mistranslations and they're utter nonsense as it relates to many things. You know, it's like telling a group that the gospel is the gospel and you, t and you tell them that the gospel was written hundreds of years after the so-called death of Christ. Mark, Luke, John, Paul, etc. And they said, how, how can they write the gospel hundreds of years after the death? I said, you tell me. You tell me. Because usually when it's the gospel, it's an eyewitness account. That means you've seen it, Ed. In other words, Ed, you've seen the car accident on 5th and Main Street. Because you okay. were there at 2 o'clock. Dig it? Right. So now you're going to tell me the story 25 years, 100 years, 200 years, you're going to tell me the story of the accident on 5th and Main Street or any particular event. I know it's much bigger than that, but I want to use a microcosm of how deep that is. Right. Talk about Can you feel me on that? Yeah. Can you feel me on that, Ed? But now it becomes a gospel. I'm just using that example of how we've been duped to not do our research and how this modern-day theology and Christianity has taken us so far from ourselves in the community, economically, you know, and so forth and so on. It's rendered us to our knees, 
in a, in, and it really has put us in a, a precarious position in the community as it relates to many different things. Feminization, yes, I dare say those words. You see, all technical terms, many out there, if they listen in, they understand what I'm saying, and they'll look forward to the next broadcast when I'll explain each little idiom or aspect of these things. So religion becomes one of those things we have to examine much carefully, not just in the African-American community. It's becoming a worldwide thing to look at things a little bit more carefully. And in that, this is the danger in the world we live in today. Because, see, when the world remained in a stupefied state, it was spiritually stagnant. See, when you're dumb, you're spiritually stagnant, too, because you can't think. So if you can't think, you can't act in accordance. If you can't act in accordance, you do dumb, evil shit. You see, or you watch other people do dumb, evil shit, and you condone it because you look the other way. You see what I'm saying, Ed? Yeah. That's, that's, that's why they can burn brothers and sisters on the cross and, and hang them, and we call them lynching, and those be Christian gatherings. That's why they call them picnics, Ed. Take a nigga, you dig? <laughs> All those things come in. That's the Christian process, dude. See, so we, our examination of religion comes much differently than most. See, see, okay. some of the brothers in the community years ago used to yeah, used to tell us about uh, you know Ramin, uh who wrote uh, the, uh, the pinnacle book uh, the Metanetter said always look at words with R E in the beginning like re like relapse reconstruct you dig re-deliver religion that means you had something and you lost it and you had to regroup and you had to regather so religion is that prefix that re see and it means to tie to bind so what do we have tied together and now what are we trying to rebind and what are we trying to rebind it with See, now we have the construction of religion. I'm using the word now, Ed. I'm just playing with the word religion. Right. Bam. You see what I'm saying? So when you see the fire and brimstone, evangelistic uh, Negroes in the community come at you, 99.999% of them have no idea what they're talking about. They can recite the scriptures all day, but they don't know the origin or the history of things. If they don't know these things, they're fooling themselves. And why can they fool themselves? Because they're well paid. They're well paid to be ignorant. They're well paid for their congregation to be ignorant. Have to be, Ed. Have to be. They have no idea that God needs not 10% of nothing. Something that is omnipotent, omnipresent, needs not 10% of your money, Ed. That $7 does not need millions of dollars in the name of. The prosperity church is a joke. All these things are not real. They are destroying us. We must speak on them now. See, years ago, we used to say, no, let's not say anything. It's not real. But we must talk about people running around with blind faith and not doing their due diligence 
and their prudent research as it relates to subject matters that have their, their bearing on. In other words, if you swear by something, if you're good by something, if you're wrong by something, what is the foundation of it? See? We're developing a world that we must think. We haven't done that recently. We're just, this is a reawakening in the last couple of decades or so. So I talked to you today about the early process of religion. I didn't do any bashing per se, but I was very candid and very frank when I talked about these things because you can simply see the results in the community. Like I told you in one of our shows, we talked about churches all down every corner. And you know that is the case in the African-American community. Right. Churches in the community because they work counterproductive. Not to say these are bad people at the church, but the thing is, they are stagnant. What I mean by that is they cannot build off those theological processes that they think have something to do with God because they don't. Because that moves your body. In other words, those processes make you do things, Ed. Make you get off the couch, Ed. Those processes make you move. You just can't put shit in a plate and say you did shit on Sunday or this and that. It don't happen like that. You actually have to do something on a daily basis to tithe. Tithe wasn't a deliverance of money. Tithe was a deliverance of love. Holla. Huh. Yes. See, but they fooled you. That was the piousness of the church that Martin Luther so-called talked about during the Reformation. I won't even get into that. That was a piousness of the European church. The Roman Catholic Church. See, you had to buy your way in. See, so religion, we have a lot of research to do on these things. So where, where should a person start? I think they should have started some of the early processes of looking at things uh, depending on their level of um, uh, study. If they're Bible readers, they should read The Origin and Evolution of Religion by Churchwald. They should read some of the work by Dr. Band. I'm, I'm naming particular historians and authors now. They should read some of the work by John Henry Clark they should read some of the work uh, by Gerald Massey, the English scholar, Churchwald, his his uh, student who wrote the uh, origin of religion, uh, Walter Williams, the African origin uh, of uh, Judeo-Christianity, uh, Kwesi, uh, who gives lectures all around the country and the world on the African origin of Judeo-Christianity, the African origin of Islam, the uh, African origin of Hinduism, Buddhism, of anything else you want to call any other ism. As you look at the origin of it, you'll find yourself back in Africa again and again and again. So these African concepts spread themselves around the world, and each part of the geographic world shaped and tweaked it to where it can work inside their own culture. They took remnants of it, they took bits and aspects of it, and they shaped it into something they can use in their own culture. You see, all these things have a, a, a similar origin, and we can tie them back to the understanding of light and dark, Ed. Huh. That primary thing. 
I always take my students back to that simple thing because it was simple. See, it was simple. So those are some of the historians and authors that we can look at to find some information as it relates to the subject matter. But like I said, we can look at those who translate the texts um, like Malachi York or Imam Nisa who uh, translated the Arabic text uh, to, uh, so we can understand it um, uh, and so forth and so on. So once we can trust in, in the translation a little bit more, we can see, you know, uh, some things more vividly. But I would say this, and, 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 and this is a, a powerful statement and, and profound, that these are not the words of, uh, of God that, that we are translating, but the, the words of men. Understand that, first and foremost. Because any God would not need to translate anything to, to us. Anything that you perceive with that power means not translate anything to you, Ed. Because it didn't have to. It's inside of you already. You really right. have to awaken yourself to that aspect. And they've taken great measures for most of us not to be awakened to that. So thus we operate on very low frequencies and our behaviors are indicative of that. We see murder, rape, mayhem around the world. Not just now, we have always. We see the indifference and we see the language of indifference that's being developed, you see. We're being duped. We're being duped. And those who are so-called engineering these processes understand this conversation that me and you are having at such a deep level. Because, as I said earlier, the great philosophies of the past are mathematically inclined to create energy and to attract energy and to move energy. So those things were the processes in which we find our own individual divinity. To be divine is to be able to think. To be able to think, to be able to enjoy everything around you, to have self-love, to love everything around you, to understand why, you know what I mean? To, to exist in that particular process. So we didn't really have that in place and religion has not been able to put that in place, specifically in our community. So that's why we see the lack of men coming into the church and the but relax the lack of the church being a, a, a potent vehicle in the African American community in terms of economics, etc. So what I say to most is get your information together and stop the pimpism in the community. You see, all that pimping has to stop. It has to stop because we can't afford it anymore. So ultimately the truth has to be told to the point where we're able to build now because we have the information. We have the information that we're able to transform ourselves and able to look at things a little differently and build upon in the community. Economic programs, cultural, social programs where we're able to hire each other, work with each other and work with other people. See, this is not separating. This is about bringing people together. That's what people don't understand. See, religion was supposed to do that. 
See, the precept of religion is bringing people together. But as you see it, it's done the exact opposite of that because people don't understand what it is. So instead of bringing people together, it has created war throughout the centuries. So in the name of these things, we do these things. Fundamentalism and so forth and so on. Attacks everywhere. So we got to slow this thing down. Those who have the right minds now have to slow this thing down and start to have dialogue in communities around the world where they can come, Christian, Muslim, Jew, Hindu, whatever you are, put all that at the door and talk about being human and talk about how we are able to move forward in the 21st century and shed ourselves from dusty shit other words, shit that was in the closets for thousands of years that has too much dust on it and we haven't opened our eyes to it yet. The things that are dead need to die. And we try to find life out of those things, but there is none. The reality is, if history tells us one thing, and, and you know this, it, 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 we will see that many of these things that we perceive to be true aren't. They have never been true in the mythological stories. Oh, man. I can go through it, bro. Matter of fact, on our piece on religion, we should do one, two, three, and four. I'm just touching base on that elephant in the room subject matter. So we can it definitely do that. Community. You see what I'm saying? It's whether we're dealing with Black Lives Matter, whether we're dealing with it, the, the uh, civil rights movement, we always have religious overtones and all of our shit. See, all those things. So there's a strange process in our community we have to look at. You know, hey man, it is it's so deep. It is so deep that it is it, 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 so it's fixed on our mind. Even the deity itself. See, when the deity in your mind becomes, doesn't look like you, you're in trouble. Anytime your deity doesn't look like you and you can't look in the mirror and see your deity you're in trouble you might be looking at a demon <laughs> follow me Ed your deity has to look like you see it's, it's, it's okay that's okay for it to reflect you whether you be Chinese whatever brown red it doesn't matter let it reflect you you dig let it reflect you. See, but what if it doesn't reflect you? What if that power system let it, and it reflects something else? What if it reflects just that whiteness? You see, that's colonization of the mind. And that's what, it, in a sense, religion and Christianity has done specifically in our community. You see, it's purged us in a different manner. See, it screwed everybody else up as well, believe me. But it's really got us. Because we've been here since the beginning of time, and most of the shit that you call religion now, we were the ones that matriculated those processes of astrology, and we were the ones that were under the sun and looked at the sun and decided what that was about. You know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years ago, these were our people who did that. You know, things that go bump in the night and so forth and so on. The understanding of duality, the understanding of uh, ancient philosophies that really were birthed from from uh, those astro theologies and mythologies of the past. So 
now we start to look at things a little bit more carefully. And like I said earlier, it's a very difficult subject matter to, to talk about because people have a lot of passion and faith. But mo in most cases, in my experience with the folks, they know very little on why they have the faith. They have no idea because in most cases in our community, these things are transferred from one generation to another. In other words, your parents would take you to church. And when you, then, you, then you make a particular decision in your life when you either go or don't go, you know. Some, and, 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 that, and that's based on how much you, you, you've done your research, how much you connected to that particular church, et cetera. So a lot of those things come to us vicariously through families. So very few of us actually do the research that enables us to either free our minds or either take us to a different level of understanding vis-a-vis -vis whether it be Christianity or any other religion. You know, what is the origin of it, you see? What is the origin? What is the origin of the deities, you see? Where did they come from? You know, what's the philosophy of that particular religion? What's the concept of that religion? So Christianity takes us many different places, you see? And so now we start to look at that a little bit more vividly. Because remember, the term, you know, Christianity, all these Egyptian terms, and, and uh, you know, the term Christian didn't come into play until Antioch. Uh, uh, the, the, the Christ said was uh, Christ was actually already off the planet. Uh, but by that time, the followers of Christ were called Christians and so forth and so on. We start to look at the words and break down the etymology of the words. See, each word has an etymology. Each word has a history in You break down the word and see the origin of the word, and you start to see where these words come from. You see, so Jesus was never called Christian. He was called Nazarene more than Christian, being from Nazarene, see, or a Sinian, being a, a Sinian Jew, other words, with these, in terms of the research out there, the Dead Sea Scrolls said Jesus was a Sinian. He was a Jew from, from that area. He was in a particular cult system, or he was initiated in that particular system. You see what I'm saying? So this is the information that we get, hard, concrete information, not mythology, the historical, archaeological information that's being presented to the world in the last several decades that we need to put on tables everywhere. And they look at that information so we can see that we've been played and, and uh, run some of these bootleg preachers, you know, uh, and stop playing those games in the community, you see, and teach the truth. So now we can deal with the black-on-black -black crime. Now we can deal with the process of globalization. Now we can deal with economics in the community. You see what I'm saying? Right. We have a better foundation to do those things. Because people always talk about, oh, Brother Howard, man, blah, 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 economic programs. I said economic programs are social programs. You don't have economics without having a social system. Other words, is if you don't trust nobody, there ain't gonna be no economics. You dig? Definitely. Economics is a social system first. Then the exchange. What's the social process of the economic process first? See, once those things start to come into place, people have to start to look at certain systems. They'll start to look at religion differently as the elephant in the room. They'll start to look at economics as the elephant in the room. They start to do the historical retrospect on what the economic systems are around the world. Oh, yeah, it's getting real deep now. 
You see, now, they start to look at those systems and how those systems were constructed. And once they look at those things, they'll say to themselves, how in the hell have we let these things go on all these decades? Because you didn't know. Because you were dummy down. Because you had no reason to know. Now let me ask you this. Go ahead. Okay, because we got like 10 minutes. Uh, what do you say to the people who say um, that they should not have to wait to die to experience the benefits of heaven. You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, hey Ed, uh, uh, do you have to even answer that question? All you have to do is turn on the show like uh, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> looks like looks like you're living in heaven to me. Right. It be these material things that you desire in paradise. See, heaven and hell was part of that duality that me and you talked about earlier in the podcast. The relationship between light and dark is heaven and hell as well. See, heaven and hell was creation. See, we're already in heaven, my friend. This beautiful earth that we're on now is heaven. But, But like, okay, but like a lot of um, preachers. Landlord. Let's just say, okay, I'm not even going to say a lot. I'm just going to say there are some preachers who would get mad at you for paying your electric bill instead of paying tithe. Okay, right. uh, they would right. much rather want their money first, and then so, you then you make it. Um, right. that, that, that's where that's where example that blind faith comes in, where the preacher wants that money to come to him, her, or the or their so called church, as they become the intermediaries, the mediator between them and the Godhead. In other words, come through me, then you get blessings. I'll call Jesus up as soon as you give me the fifty bucks. I'll give Jesus a call, and Jesus will take care of the light bill. I would suggest people put the fifty dollars on the damn light bill. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And do pragmatic shit like that, and stop playing games like that. When Jimmy Swagger and televangelists tell you they're going to send you a piece of cloth or whatever it may be, and stop being duped by that. See, that's the kind of stuff that happens to grandmothers, and you can't stop them because when they get closer to their death, they get more religion. You see what I'm saying? Because fear sets in. That's that heaven and hell thing. We got to soothe that, Ed. See, because, see, we have to understand the science of life, not the science of death. They taught us the science of death, and we've absorbed it very much. That's the horror story inside of us, Ed. See, but we don't know the science of life. So we have no soothing. We become afraid now because we think things are ending. We have no idea now. We have no experience of it. <laughs> you see, that's why that's why it becomes very deep for us to really deal with those things and see how this subject matter is so very very powerful and a good way to open up our 2016 for the elephant in the room. Cool. Yes. Good, oh, yeah. Yes. Good way to open up. Good way to open up because of all the things that me and you talked about in the last seven weeks or last two months in the elephant in the room, globalization, as you look on the news, me and you, we spoke about those things. Right after our podcast, many things happened as it related to globalization, Ed. Many things happened. Many things happened as related to black-on-black crime and police brutality since our podcast. Many things happened on those aspects, and even in the aspect of music even in the aspect of music 
which is the backdrop to everything. I won't even go engage in that any farther. But on the religious piece, the next time we get together uh, on, on the weekend, we'll probably do part two or either go even deeper into that and try to get some questions and answers on that because I was very candid on my approach on it, but there's certain things I'll go with the chronological history of and make things even more clearer. But my premise to today's elephant in the room is to say that we must do our research on these things so they won't hamper us in the community as they've done in the past. If we understood them to a higher degree, we're able to free our minds from the chains that have been on our minds for decades and decades, if not centuries, that they cast on our people due to religion. You see, I didn't say spirituality or spirituality. I'm not saying that's nothing. And this conversation has nothing to do with God. It has something to do with the business of religion, the science of religion, the science of death delivering, the science of fear. If we understood the history of these things as it relates to us in culture, then we can see the ministers of these sciences and those who put these sciences together. We can see Calvinism for what it was, and we can see the Salem witch hunt. We can see all those things in history and insidious minds behind these so-called religions that we see. See, we, well, I'll take you to the origin of them, and you see how sick some of these things were. And then you see, why do you even follow it? Because you didn't know that you were following the yellow brick road into the field of poppies. Because you were high on the field <laughs> of poppies that you were trying to see the wizard to get your goddamn brain. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, man, with, with, with that, we are going to end. Let's call this episode one of the Elephants in, in the Room Religion. Um, anyone out there that want to comment would like to join in on it, I you can send me an email at. Uh, double E785 at gmail.com D-O-U-B-L-E the letter E 785 at gmail.com uh, or you can hit us up on SoundCloud at Double E Podcast uh, we'll be more than happy to get you on we'll be more than happy to read your comments um, concerns whatever uh, stay tuned uh, pull up uh, I Got Next the video game podcast that is done by my son Dominique and his friend Chris um, also every Tuesday look for New Music Tuesday uh, hosted by myself with Shishi and Big Baby um, Brother Howard anything you want to say before we leave um um, only thing I have to say is uh, wake up wake up if anybody's out there on the planet wake up <laughs> it's pretty much time to wake up and cool. pretty much time to wake up and wake ourselves up and uh, figure it out so um, like I said uh, look forward to uh, future podcasts and, and then tune in and get that email and some questions going so we can get this thing on and popping and uh, get these subject matters uh, of importance uh, in, uh, in the universe 
Alright, so in, um, in, in, like Brother Howard said, wake up. So I want to thank Brother Howard and thank you for listening to the Double E Podcast, Elephant in the Room, Religion, Episode 1. Thank you on behalf of me and Brother Howard.